scripture reading for today is from chapter 1, verses 15 through 19 of Ephesians. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, and for this reason I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know the Lord, so that, with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what it is, the hope to which God has called you, what are the riches of God's glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of God's power for us who believe, according to the working of God's great power. Uh, Ed Rose now will talk to you about his personal reflections and path in Christianity. Thought I'd try to come down and be a, like BJ a little bit, but pretty hard to be like BJ. But anyways, uh, he asked me a few weeks ago if I would just say a few words. So I thought there's probably other people saying a few words too. But as the weeks progressed, I found out no, BJ was going to be away and maybe it could be more than a few words. And of course, Laura knows that that's no problem at all for me. So uh, if I see anyone dozing off here, or uh, let's see, uh, Al, uh, I'll be checking you out. I'll know when it's time for me to, to, to say amen, okay? But anyways, uh, it's a real honor. And you know, Laura and I have been here in Laguna now about 10 months, and uh, from the moment we walked in the door, um, you know, the, uh, and I don't think we can read this enough, but the mission of the Neighborhood Congregational Church. Let's all say it. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. Doesn't that just say it all, Connie? Hmm? Doesn't that just say it all? And for many of you who've been here for years and years, you know, but for Laura and myself, we're kind of like infants, so everything is new to us. But being new, I think, gives us an opportunity to let some of you old-timers know, and new-timers or whatever, that it's really true what the mission of this church is all about. And as I was beginning to try to think about what I could say here about my own life and what led me to the Lord and so on, um, I just couldn't help think about the mission of this church. And as I think, you know, of the high moments that I remember, it wasn't so much just being in this worship service, but it was watching what y'all do. And to see the dedication, you know, we're not a congregation of 2,000 where we can have 10 cell groups and, you know, just say, hey, you do this and you do that. In a smaller group, it's kind of like we either sink or we swim. We all got to pitch in. And, you know, I can look around this congregation this morning and just say, every one of you have helped make a difference. No matter where it's outside, gardening, beautification. Uh, but the area that really hit me, and I tell you what, it really hit me last Sunday afternoon. Donna, as you know, uh, son has been through a lot. And last Sunday afternoon, this church reached out, provided the place for the gathering, and provided a opportunity for folks to come and enjoy fellowship and also at the same time give Donna and her son a little lift in whatever way we could. 
And it's interesting because Donna, as Laura and I remember, one of the first people we met, we found out she was from Dayton, Ohio. Boy, did that. And we started talking about, oh, yeah, I went to Belmont High School. And, you know, it's just, it's just such a coincidence that these things are happening in Laura and I's lives here that, you know, that we come to this church. And, again, we're so reached out by all of you. And I think I told you how Elaine and Adrian just the next week had us to their house to eat. And we're sitting there looking at the ocean. And, wow, this is really something, you know. But it's just been that I, I just realize how much the Lord has guided us and brought us to this church. And Laura's father being a United Church of Christ minister for 60-some years, why, you know, it was just, and where we were staying down about two blocks down here in a little cottage, and we were walking, and there we saw Neighborhood Church and then United Church of Christ under there, and boy, she says, we're going to check that out. <laughs> so, you know, on vacation sometimes, what happens? You kind of sleep in. No, nope. we've always believed that on Sunday morning, you know, if there's 24 hours in a day, there's seven days a week, that one hour or whatever, we belong somewhere in the house of the Lord. And thank goodness that we had parents who instilled that in us, and her father was just like a father to me. I lost my father at a very young age. So when I married Laura, her dad became my father, not father-in-law, but father. And he was such a witness to us. And if you know anything about the United Church of Christ, and you know so many of you what they believe in, he was right out there at the front. And he was one that was in there for change. And, you know, he just didn't say, well, because I'm 75 years old or 85 years old. Now, this is the way I believe. You know, he was evolving. And he was from the evangelical reformed church. So that tells you a little bit. But anyways, I just wanted to mention that. And again, to me, when I think of the real shining moments of this church and how it's reached out to the community for all the concerns and needs of not only individual church members, but the community at large. I think we need to give our church an, a hand. And you all can do that to your backs because you've been here and you've been a part of it. But, you know, you just know in Laguna Beach, if you say congregational neighborhood church, you, you get that sense, oh, yeah, I've been there. I know all about it. I know what you believe. So you've done your homework, believe it or not, even though sometimes, you know, we kind of always think it looks, what, greener on the other side, and maybe we aren't quite up to what we should be. But, you know, just look around and, 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 the, and what you've accomplished. And uh, I know it's a reason why Laura and I came back the next Sunday and the next Sunday and the next Sunday. And we found out no matter what Sunday we're here, the welcome, the warm welcome, the hugs were always there. And this moment of prayer when we open up to kind of share, you know, a lot of congregations don't do that. Or maybe they do it once or twice a year or whatever, Thanksgiving, you know, that Sunday around Thanksgiving time. But we were so impressed to, that there was an opportunity for the congregation to lift up its prayers and for all of us to share with each other's good high moments and those low moments. But as long as we know we have Jesus Christ as our partner, right, Tammy? We can do anything. And that's where I want to come from on myself a little bit. Um, I was, you know that song, California, here I come. What's the next part of it? Right back where I started from. Well, believe it or not, 
My parents were out in San Francisco, and I was born in San Francisco, 1941. My mom says she knows there was an earthquake that night because she said the chandelier, you know, in those days you were in a big room, I guess, with lots of other folks that were maybe having children, but she remembers that chandelier was just back and forth. But anyways, six months later, we're on a train. The day, Sunday, December 7th, Pearl Harbor, I'm back in Ohio, back in the east, and spent the rest of my years so far there until 10 months ago when we're now back in California. And our two sons who left Ohio and ended up in California, they just didn't want to go back. So, you know, it was like if we want to see them and get hugs once in a while, we have to be closer. So that was our decision. And then everything just happened. And as I said, this church came into our lives and uh, it's made quite a difference. I'd like to just share with you a couple scriptures. I'm sure all of you, if you think about it in your life's journey, there's a few scriptures that have hit you from time to time that maybe there was a moment when you needed that and it just, it just hit what you were dealing with. You're gonna laugh at this, but I think I remember back in third and fourth grade, somewhere along the line, I heard about Philippians 4.13. Anybody in here might know what Philippians 4.13 is about? It's Paul, right? But what it said was, and the part that I remember as a fourth grader, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I can remember, this is, you know, I don't remember a lot of things, but I can remember going home for lunch every day. And on Fridays, I don't know about you, but on Fridays, it was the big spelling test. We had all week to get ready, and Friday was the big spelling. But where it, where it was in my genes, whatever, but I always was probably a little too conscientious. But anyways, I can remember walking back to Cedar Grade School in Canton, Ohio, and saying those verses about, you know, I can do all things, and I hope that I would remember my spelling words, and I'd get a hundred and get a, a stamp, a sticker on the top of my paper. So that's where it's kind of started. Another event that I always remember that's a little crazy, you might say, but my mother saw that I was in church every Sunday. And for many years, I didn't go to the Sunday school. I sat right in church with the big people, you know, and, and whatever. But it was, it, I laugh about it now, but I can remember sitting in the congregation, and there was a door on that side and a door on that side. And the choir came out of those two doors. They had long black robes and white stoles. Now, you can believe this or not. Now, I was about four or five years old. What did you think I thought? <laughs> they weren't penguins. <laughs> but what do you think I thought? I don't know where I got this. But because they just came out of those doors, and at the end of the service, guess what? They went back in those doors. I thought the choir came from heaven. I'm telling you to that, I'll never forget thinking that the choir came from heaven you know, because they sang angelic, you know, and then they'd go back up to heaven, you know. <laughs> but I always remember that little story. Some other uh, scriptures, of course, Psalm 23. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd. He's my shepherd, and, you know, I know he's going to watch over me. Uh, Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. And some of these Psalms, folks, how I memorized them, there was a day when each week in school, in grade school, you had penmanship. And you practiced those O's and 
going like that. And, and I remember then in those days, in those days, the teacher would have on the board in chalk, she wrote it all out in real nice penmanship, we would have to copy those poems, scripture, and of course Psalms as poetry, and we had to memorize them. Now today, I don't know whether the, how that would go, but I will tell you, it helped me learn some Bible. But again, saying those over and over have really, as I said, through my life, kind of helped me hang in there. And then the one that kind of, to me, just says it all. Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise unto all the, right? Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Come before his presence with thanksgiving and serve the Lord with all your, you know, that, that just, uh, just kind of said it all. But anyways, I wanted to just mention those scriptures because I know everyone in here today has a scripture of their own that you could share. And maybe this will be a good time this week when you go back home, dust some of those scriptures off a little bit and think about them. But I tell you, it, uh, it sort of helped me, uh, kept me going. Uh, I also wanted to add, and I don't, this is not that I'm, you know, but it, in some ways it was a little uh, difficult for me. I was an only child. How many only childs in here? Not too many. Well, if you're an only child, maybe you might identify with me a little bit. But, you know, I kind of grew up in an adult world back in the 40s. And I didn't have brothers and sisters to give and take. And I, I didn't learn as much about, you know, personalities and just learn how you know, you know how you know your place. And, and then also you know how if you need to get up there and get in place what you got to do. So anyways, uh, it was hard for me. And I kind of felt sometimes that I was at a disadvantage, you know. And, uh, but to talk to Laura sometimes, who she had three brothers or three, three other sisters and bro brothers, I don't know. But for me, <laughs> for me it, uh, it was just like I, I just wish I could had more people around me. And, uh, but anyways, uh, as I said, I uh, came from Canton, Ohio. And about my freshman year in high school, now, I remember, I'm still this only child that's kind of living at home with mom and dad and kind of, you know, I had neighbors I uh, had some contact with. But again, I was still trying to find my niche or what, what was I all about. So I had the opportunity to go to the Christian Endeavor. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of Christian Endeavor, but it was a big youth group among Christian churches, Disciple of Christ churches back in the 40s and the 50s. But anyways, our church, which was a large church, was going to see that we could, 17 of the young people could go to Portland, Oregon for this Christian Endeavor Convention. Sort of like what's going on in Long Beach today. You can get what I'm talking about. Okay, well, you know what happened. Number one, we went from door to door selling vanilla to try to earn enough money to help pay for our trip. Also, we got to go by train. And you can just imagine 17 of friends that you like and get to, get to be a part of. And we had, I think, seven chaperones that went along. But anyways, wow. All I can say is wow. It just changed my life. I, I was able to get out of Ohio, see God's beautiful world, go to Portland and sit with 3,000, 4,000 other 
uh, young people and sing those songs, you know, do Lord, oh, do Lord, oh, do remember. I don't know if you remember that one, but just, you know, some of those songs that everybody just sang with everything, with gusto and everything they had. And then it gave me an opportunity to uh, observe others and to talk with young people who lived in maybe Mexico or lived in Canada or lived in North Dakota or maybe lived in downtown Chicago. And I got to kind of see a little bit how other folks were living. And uh, it was kind of a way for me to kind of, uh, you know, begin to think about, now how do I fit into this picture? What, what, what can I do? But coming from that convention then back home to Canton, uh, different churches in our congregation ask us if some of us who went, if we, you know, sometimes at Sunday night church service, if we'd come and give a little talk about what our trip meant to us and what it did for us. So that was the beginning for me of kind of thinking about, you know, I want to do something where I can help others. And of course, my mom and dad, I think they kind of would have been glad if I would have been a minister. But you know, back then it was like, yeah, but if I'm a minister, they know I'm a minister. And, and maybe you can't get, reach quite where you'd like to reach. So the next thing that came to my thought, our family, there were a lot of school teachers. And so I decided that that's, kind of thought that's what I wanted to do because maybe I could change those young people's lives in a way just through teaching geography and history and arithmetic and all that, but I'd have my way to, to touch their lives. And sure enough, I did. But anyways, I owe this convention and that opportunity to be with all those young people as a turning point in my life uh, to get me to uh, see that there was more than just Ed Rhodes, only child, you know, kind of spoiled a little bit. And my mother had me very late in life, Caesarean. You know, I mean, I, I sometimes think, you know, she probably didn't think she was going to have any children. And then this wonderful thing happened, and I was able to be born. So anyways, um, a little more I'd like to add to that. After uh, I had left, uh, after my, about my junior and senior year then, uh, there was a man by the name of John F. Kennedy. And I'll never forget this. I was a junior in a civics class at Canton-Lincoln. And the teacher in that class went to my church. Okay, so he was kind of, you know, disciple of Christ, uh, you know, the picture a little bit then. And uh, he let us know that this senator from Massachusetts was coming to Canton. He's going to be down at the Onesta Hotel. And if you'd like to get 10 more points in your grade, for your, in the grade book, you could go down and, and see this man. Well, I really didn't know who John F. Kennedy really was that much. I mean, he was... I knew he was from Massachusetts, I found that out, but that's about all I knew. So anyways, but listen to this. And I remember he was from my church and he, he was a wonderful man and, and uh, we were good friends. But he said this, he said, however, I want you to know uh, this man is Catholic and because he's Catholic, you know he won't be president. <laughs> well, what do you think that did to me as a young person, huh? Did that stir me up a little bit, huh? Because something sounded wrong there. So anyways, I went down to the Onesta Hotel, which is our nicest hotel in downtown Canton. And you know how the hotels have those little off rooms like, you know, it wasn't a big ballroom. It was just kind of a small, and it was a Saturday morning. You know, who's going to see this senator from Massachusetts if you live in Ohio? 
But anyways, I went, wow. And really, there, was, there weren't that many people there. I was surprised. But what do you think I said when I got home to my mom? What do you think I said? It's going it's to surprise you maybe a little bit. Anybody have an idea what I might have said to my mom? Connie? Someday he's going to be present. You're, you're really hot. You're really warm. What I said was, oh, mom, if this man's wife would ever become first lady, the whole world would just go bonkers. Now, this was two years before all this was going to happen. Okay. But anyways, that was all I needed. Well, then guess what, Al? I got into politics a little bit, you know. As a young person, you know, that's, and listen, this man, Kennedy, I mean, you know, the more I got into it, and then this bit of, of course, this was part of his inaugural address. It wasn't before he became president. But when he said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Wow. That really hit me. That really hit me. So I started, and I couldn't even vote. I was young enough. I wasn't going to even get to vote in that election. But I sure got excited about it. And eventually I became the president of the Young Democrats Club of Stark County. If you ever go to Canton, Ohio, you know Stark is the county. But anyways, uh, um, that was really exciting. And I have to share this other moment, that, that, how it touched my life. Uh, I happened then when he was running for president, he was one of these motorcades, and he went to Cleveland, and then he came down to Akron, and then he was coming to Canton. Down, at that time it was Route 8, now it's Interstate 77. But anyways, you know, we're all in this big memorial hall, like most cities had a, like a memorial hall, a big meeting place, there must have been seven or 8,000 people there. And we're all in this hall, and I was, because I represented the Young Democrats, I got to sit up on the stage. Folks, you've heard about the word charisma. Well, believe me, on that day, there was charisma. I, I, you know, it's something you can't, you can't, you, you, you can feel, I felt it. They were singing, you know, some of these, because he was Irish, you know, they were singing that song, when Irish eyes are, da, 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 you know, and of course you could, you know, the place was just, and then the speaker at the podium said, He's now arrived at the back door. He'll be here in one minute. Folks, you could feel, you could feel the, the warmth and whatever it was, but I knew I was in the right place. And then he comes out from the curtain, and there was a lot of dignitaries, the mayor, da, da, da. But being that I was a young person and, you know, I was with he, I got to shake his hand. Well, number one, I thought he was a lot. It's funny, I had seen him two years earlier, but I thought he was taller, but he really wasn't. But he was handsome, and he had this dark tan on him. You know, I mean, you could just tell. And when he came out from that curtain, like I said, I cannot explain it to you, but it was a turning moment in my life that I felt, you know, I'm really proud to be an American. And you know, Ed, you got to do something with your life. You got to make, make a difference in some way. So I'm just telling, I'm sharing that experience with you. Okay, now let's move up another year. I'm in Columbus, Ohio. It's my first year of teaching. Am I going too long? Let me know if I am. Am I okay? Anyways, it was my first year of teaching in uh, Columbus, Ohio. And 
it was that my third month of teaching. And you know, I was the only man in the building. So I think that some of the folks knew that year before that there was a man coming right out of college It was gonna have this other sixth grade class. So you know probably what happened. <laughs> some of the real, you know, roughies, they were in my class. And I kind of knew it after about the first day. <laughs> That this, the, and I had 38 folks. <laughs> Do you remember we used to have 38 in a class? But anyways, to make a long story short, now it's November. He's been president uh, about, what, two, two years or so. But anyways, it was November. And it was about 12 o'clock noon in the classroom. And the principal walks in. And I could tell she's had a lot on her mind. And she comes over and whispers in my ear. And she says, Ed, the president has been shot but we don't want the children to know about it. So just, you know, well, you know, I told you I was president of the Young Democrats, my first year teaching. Guess whose picture was up on the wall in my classroom? Because I thought everybody should know their what? Their president. I don't know if you remember that picture of Kennedy, but he was at his desk and a flag. But anyways, uh, we got that word. Well, that was, I tried to, you know, really get, hang in there and. A lot was going through my mind, but I wanted to say something, but you know, you couldn't. So then it must have been an hour and a half later, there's an announcement on the PA system for all of us to go down to the gymnasium for a gathering for an announcement. You know, I mean, nothing was said. So when we all gathered down there, and that's uh, K, or, and that was first grade through sixth grade, we're all in there. And by the way, one of my young men that I had that year, he had had a tough life. And because of that, he was tough on everybody. And he had a hair lip. Is that what you know, we call it a clip? But anyways, so you can get the picture. And it was a bad one. You know, they hadn't done probably what they could have done, but they didn't. But anyways, so he was really my biggest challenge that whole three months. Well, when the word came out, of course, you know, there was just a lot of, you know, it was heavy. But I looked over at Greg, and he kind of knew, I think he knew that President Kennedy meant a lot to me as a young person. He came over, he had big tears coming down his eyes. And let me tell you, I never thought that young man would ever crack a tear in his life. But those tears came down, and we hugged. And you know what? The rest of that year, and because I was able to get him in or we, we developed this, you know, whatever it is, relationship, rapport, those other ones came along as well because Greg was kind of the ringleader. So in a way, it was a very, very turning point in my life, but in a way it also uh, left me with some other thoughts as far as the rest of the year as a beginning teacher, I was able to uh, develop even more, hopefully, skills in helping to, to deal with young people. So anyways, that's pretty much uh, uh, kind of what, what has happened in my life. But I've always had this, again, this feeling of wanting to help those who maybe for some reason or another weren't on the right track or whatever might have happened. And, and in my own life, I, because of being an only child, there were things that had happened in my life. I went to Canton Lincoln High School. And if you know anything about Canton, it's the Football Hall of Fame. Okay, well in Canton Lincoln there were the toughies, there were the jocks, and I wasn't a jock. Now I wasn't a nerd, but I wasn't a jock, okay? 
So what I'm saying to you, I never felt quite comfortable, you know? But I tell you where I did feel comfortable. When I had the opportunity to be in Christian Endeavor, a youth group on Sunday nights at my church, where I got to be with people that had some of the, you know, even though they had lots of problems too, but, but it was great for me because I was beginning to find out that, gee, you know, uh, maybe so-and-so's dad has this problem too, or gee, you know, I, I know what, or whatever the problem might have been, I began to find I wasn't alone. And so that was a great opportunity for me to begin to get on my feet and say, I know I can do it, and, I, and you know, I wanna, I wanna make a difference. But I have to say this word community. If there's anything to me that a church can do and a church does is it brings community. And you see it here every Sunday, sharing with Tammy and her mother and all of our, and the, the folks in South LA and what Jennifer and Greg are doing and we could just go down the line. So again, I'd like to say that I think Laura and I feel right at home here and I hope whatever more years the Lord gives me uh, that I can continue to reach out and uh, to try to make the world a little better place. And there's a little song that's been with me all my life. And I remember when I would go visit some shut-ins, uh, I had a few that, uh, well, some of that were volunteers in my school where I was principal, and as they got older and they got sick and they were in the nursing home, I, there were a few of them that, that they just made a difference in my life. But when I'd gather with them, I would sing this little song, and pretty soon they would sing it too. Maybe some of you have heard it. It's very simple. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation so full and free.